Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm so grateful to the coaches uh, that have been with us uh, for so many years. Also, all of the coaches that have been here for the years before um, that put up with my stuff and, and uh, found ways, you know, to bring it to life daily. And uh, I have great gratitude for that. <laughs> really, it was really, and I go, I go to the, it's not just the dedication and the loyalty, it's the freaking juice. It's bringing it. And I asked a lot of them, and uh, they were good at it. And I appreciate that a lot. So uh, that's it for now. And, uh, I'm freaking jacked. I'm fired up. I'm not tired. I'm not worn down. Uh, you, you guys tried your best. You didn't wear me out. I'm, you know, it's the end of the season. I'm supposed to be, you know, go lay on a cot somewhere. I ain't feeling like that. And, uh, uh, you know, there's what's coming. I don't know. I got no idea. And I really don't care right now. My all-time mentor, Bud Grant, said not in so many words. Uh, there's, there's rivers to wade. Uh, there's waves to catch. And there's mountains to hike. Just the latest surprise of a surprising week in the National Football League. Pete Carroll out as head coach at the Seahawks. That happened yesterday afternoon. We'll be breaking that down on this Thursday edition of PFT Live, along with all the other crazy things that have transpired in a crazy week. While we continue to wait for news on Bill Belichick, these other seismic shifts are happening in the NFL. It really is a week that I think we're going to look back on and say, Man, a lot of stuff happened that week, that first week after the regular season ended, 2023 into 2024. And good morning, Christopher. Yes, good morning, Mike. Uh, Yeah, I mean, crazy. Crazy yesterday, really. Like, I mean, one, the fact that, you know, we're we're still in limbo with Bill Belichick, right? Greatest coach of all time in any sport, in my opinion, that he's still – we're not sure what's going on with the Patriots. There's rumors about teams maybe he's interested in and moving on from. We feel like that could be done. And then we get two more legends just, you know, thrown at us yesterday as far as what's going to happen with them. Pete Carroll, 
the rain he had at USC was about as special as you can get other than like Nick Saban's run at Alabama or, or Bear Bryant's run at Alabama. I mean, it's up there with anybody. And then, of course, the run he had with the Seattle Seahawks is special. Uh, and then, you know, you throw that out there with Nick Saban and that, that yesterday, crazy, crazy football history day there that, yeah, I think you're right. We'll remember this one for a long, long time. And the three guys at the centerpiece of this ongoing storm in their 70s and no indication, at least from Pete Carroll, that he's ready to stop. Mm. Bill Belichick, not ready to stop. Nick Saban, most likely headed for TV. I don't think he'll go back to the NFL. We're going to talk about Saban later. Let's focus on Carroll for now. Although yeah. Before we get to that, any old business, any stuff going on? No. Nah. We've usually got some time to kill at the top of the show. Just I curious can't. if there's anything in your life that you want to share nope. with the audience. I can't that think probably of, uh... doesn't care, but we still share it anyway. No, I can't think of anything that's jumping out to me that I've wanted to share with you or anything like that. Um, yeah, I really don't have much for you. Life's been status quo. No I'm... more crazy parties at the house. No more crazy parties at the house. Uh, you know, I think I told you a little bit last weekend about, I think I told you I thought you heard me I, I took my dad and my mom to this restaurant on Friday night like and I'd been telling them hey I want you to come here I want to come here it's one of my favorites you'll love it you'll love it you'll love it so finally my dad came right and uh, we get there and Bill Caro Bill Cower who had been you know asking me hey can we ever get your dad up here to go to the, 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 the damn restaurant we like right it's the inn at Pound Ridge can we, and I'm, oh, you know, my dad, I don't, he's stuck in his ways. It's hard to get him out to dinner, which is true, right? He comes up. He usually just wants to hang out at our house. So we get there, and, of course, his workmate, one of his best buddies, Bill Cower, is there, right? So that was amazing. And then we're there, and I see Mark Messier there, right? Mark Messier in the same restaurant. I mean, it's Phil Sims, It's Bill Cower. It's Mark Messier. He's sitting right behind me. Like, literally, like, I can be like, hey, Mark. And, right, I've never met him, but you know me. I mean, I'm a sports junkie. I'm like, wow, my gosh, Mark Messier, a legend here. New York Rangers brought the, the Stanley Cup home here. And a few minutes later, Mike Tannenbaum is in the, in the house. Mike Tannenbaum knocks on the shoulder. So it was like this night of, you know, sports New York greats and, and the inn at Pound Ridge uh, that I got a chuckle out of just kind of, you know, the, what are the coincidences, I guess I'm saying? You know, a former GM of the Jets, the former coach of the Steelers, Phil Sims, Mark Messier, hockey, all in the same room. Uh, that, that made me chuckle a few times last weekend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What? Is. What? It paid, well, it just, my, my son, my son, who keeps an eye out for any potential news that I might be interested Damn, in. Damn, no reaction, just right off, like, hey, the hell with what you just I, said. I got listen, something better. This is, this is far bigger than your, than your <laughs> okay. name drop fest, although some of the names probably a little bit bigger than others. The Patriots are moving on, and so is the greatest coach of all time. Bill Belichick won't be New England's coach in 2024. Wow. There it is. So, yeah, that's definitely. The run is over. Widely expected. Monumental day. That comes from NFL media. Wow. That's crazy. NFL media. Uh, So, it's just a matter of time before the announcement is made. We were waiting for this one. This is the one we expected. I was starting to get a little nervous because I. I could tell you were yesterday. I I said some stuff on Sunday. (laughs) I wrote some checks on Sunday. I didn't say anybody was going to kick the shit out of anyone, but I did write some checks on Sunday based on things that I knew. Things that I believed, no trade, for example. I was adamant there's no trade. I was adamant. I'm not just making that up. I'm just pulling it out of the, the air or you know my butt. Adamant, no trade. 
it just wasn't going to happen. Not going to work. And as the week's going on, I'm thinking, is there going to be a trade? <laughs> what What is happening here? So uh, they, they, they've worked it out. And I we'll, we'll get more details in the coming days. I think the Patriots would have preferred something amicable and mutual and celebratory. I got the impression from Monday when Bill Belichick talked to reporters, he wasn't going to make it easy. I'm working. I'm working. You got something to tell me? Come tell me. Otherwise, I'll be working on making this football team better for next year. So that's the news. At least it happened while we're on the air. We don't have to rush back and do some extra bonus PFT live. Thank you. Thank you for having it hit. Now, it screws up the rest of the show. Sorry, Pete Carroll. Just as we were getting to your to your situation, we got to talk about the fact that even though we knew it was coming, this is still a big deal. And it makes a historic week even more historic, Chris. Yeah, crazy 24 hours. I, I mean, I wasn't panicked. There, there was no way that that was happening. Trade, staying there in New England. Bill Belichick's going to try to go to so- somewhere else. He's going to be the head coach of another football team here within the next month. Who that is, I don't know. A lot of people, Atlanta Falcons, yes, look at them, right? That's the definitely one of the teams that people I know and trust in this situation seem to point towards Atlanta. And uh, the other one is something that you've thrown out there. And you kind of threw it out last week. And I think just because you got good pasta and meatballs. But, you know, the rumor on the street throughout is the, is the Dallas Cowboys, too. That the Dallas Cowboys could be in play for Bill Belichick. And then, I mean, you couple that with, hey, a team that's ready. And then an owner that I think made a really bad comment to end the season and, and, and a head coach who's 12 he wants to win the Super Bowl they're 12 and five three years in a row and he gives the confidence and and kind of cuts out one of the legs of the coach going into the playoff game and get, basically tells the whole team well he might not be here after this week well no, thanks man he really feels like the general this week leading them into battle thank you thank you very much so yeah I think that's in play I don't know why Jerry Jones said that but I do think that's on the radar. Uh, from the people that, that I know in the league. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few... The proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yeah. And I listened to Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan earlier in the week. He tried to blame the media for mischaracterizing his comments. He was asked point blank about Mike McCarthy's future. And basically, is he safe? And he said, we'll see how each playoff game goes. And yesterday, I wrote something based upon an item that someone shared with me from 2019 when the Patriots and the Cowboys were getting ready to play each other. Jerry Jones shared a story 
about how he ran into Bill Belichick at a ski lodge in the mid-90s. Jones said that Belichick told the Cowboys owner not to forget about him if he had an opening in the future. Jones said, and this was in 2019, he still thinks about that from time to time. Belichick, 2019, at a press conference, going on and on about how much he respects Stephen and Jerry Jones and the work they've done there. And then this year, when they got ready to play, earlier in the season, week four, week five time frame, on and on about Jerry and Stephen. I have a ton of respect for Jerry and Stephen and the way they run the organization down there. They've had decades of success. They were really the team of the 90s with Jimmy Johnson, and they've been good. They've been competitive every year. Obviously, more than competitive. They've had a lot of great players down there. Tony Romo had a great run. Great years with Tony, Bill Parcells, yada, yada, yada. It's all positive. It's all great. I think they manage their personnel really well. Stephen Conzer run that, runs that personnel department with a very consistent organization. They show up every week, every year. I have a ton of respect for them. Definitely watch what they do and how they do it and try to learn from it. That's Bill Belichick just a couple of months ago. So to anyone who says knee-jerk, there's no way Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick can coexist. That was my first thought too. Oh, baloney. Pish posh. Mishmash. No way. Not happening. Once you start looking at what's out there and thinking about it, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. And this is his opportunity. The, the planets have lined up now with Bill Belichick available. If the Cowboys don't make it to the NFC Championship game, and you could make the argument that even if they do and lose badly to the 49ers, it could be, see you later, Mike McCarthy, come on down, Bill Belichick. Forget about rebuilding. We got a team that's ready for you to take to the Super Bowl. You really love Lawrence Taylor? We kind of got the closest thing we've seen since Lawrence Taylor and Michael Parsons. You want a good offense? We got a pretty good offense. You want to bring Josh McDaniels in to get more out of Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, and the rest right. of the talent we have here? Yeah. Let's do it. Right. So, yeah, who cares about Bill Belichick's flaws when it comes to personnel if he goes to, you know the old saying from Bill Parcells, they want me to cook the meal, they better let me shop for the groceries. Right. Well, if you're sending the guy into a well-stocked kitchen with every ingredient you could imagine and the finest meats and cheeses and bread and wine available, you're going to cook a pretty damn good meal. No question. I mean, Dallas, you know, all the things Belichick said about, you know, the Jones family, you know, a lot of it, yeah, very true, no doubt about that. And, I mean, there's no questioning the Jones' ability to evaluate people and players and know how they're going to fit on a football field. That that's There's no doubt about that. You know, there was a time like maybe eight, ten years ago where every now and then I'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. And, you know, then I'd maybe be on a field or get to see the guy or whatever and watch him on TV, watch film and all that and go, whoa, I mean, they, they were totally right. I mean, they've, they've, they have proven they know how to build a football team and what it should look like. Uh, no doubt about that. And then I think when you take on top of, like, I'm with you, when you first talk about it, I go, well, that doesn't – I can't imagine those two personalities working together. But I think when you look at Jerry, desperate to get to the promised land, right, he's like, wait, I've made this team. we got all these good players. we got studs everywhere. I'd love to have a coach that gets us over the hump. Okay, well, it's another big personality. But – I think they're both at a spot in their career where they can kind of maybe check their egos at the door to a degree for the betterment of where they kind of want to go and where they want their careers to finish here. So it kind of makes sense from that standpoint. And the big thing is, like, hey, look, you look at the list of available spots right now, right, that are out there, 
and I just look at them and go, none of them fit Bill Belichick. None of them. Bill Belichick's not going to go to a rebuild. He's not going to Carolina, right? I don't see that happen. I'll be shocked. You know, you know I'll, 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 I'll kiss my own butt if that happens, all right? So I'm just going to oh, throw that out there. I don't know if I'm capable of that, but either way, yeah, I don't see that happening. He's going to go to a team that's close. He's going to go to a team that he feels is set up to where he can go there in year one and he could be the extra juice that gets them over the hump to into the playoffs or a deep playoff run. And that's where I say Atlanta, because Atlanta's got just Atlanta's got everything except the quarterback. Where I you know, he'll figure that out, right? And then the rest of this list right here, I would go nobody on here is worthy of what I think Bill Belichick would be looking for for a football team. Maybe the Chargers. They do have some things there on their organization that you go, ooh, okay, maybe. But then I think after that, that's when you jump into the Cowboys conversation. And, of course, I think that would make a ton of sense if they were to let go of Mike McCarthy, which I feel weird even talking about. But this is a very valid thing in the NFL rumor world and people I know connected to the situation. So you got to bring it up. But, yeah, it feels weird talking about a guy who's 12-5 and five in the number two seed. And hey, we're talking about he might first? be let go. Where'd you hear it first? Yeah. Where'd you hear it first? Where'd you hear it first? Where'd you hear it first? I already said you Where'd brought you it first. You brought it up. All right. I'm just I, I already sure said it. I mean, what are you like? You got you a you 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 narcissist too today. I told. I what? just did you yes, listen I to am. what I said? What do you mean today. Yeah. What do you mean today? I don't no, know. I, never I mean, to you asked me how my life was. Day, you crapped all. all over my story and, and just well, moved well, on. No, and then you go no. there. You're like you're a jerk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. I didn't indulge your story. We had very important historic groundbreak. Who's the freaking narcissist now? We have. A yeah, seismic a, shift in the NFL, yeah. and you want to keep talking about your dinner with Man. Mike Tannenbaum? Yeah, Are you easy, A Rod? I said that you had the first pasta and meatballs. Easy, A Rod. I got it. I got I know, you. I know. All right. I know. I just want to make sure. See, it's so rare that I'm right that I want to savor it. Not that, and it's still got a long way to go. And see, here's the thing: if it doesn't happen, people will say you were wrong all along. Sure, folks, you got to understand. You got to understand. The gears don't always click. Is that how it works? It doesn't always land the way that we think it could. Sure. We're just saying, watch where it's going. Yeah, they're working This is that one way. direction it could go. Right. If it right. doesn't, that doesn't mean it was never going to happen. Right. It just means it didn't work out. Exactly. Just like, remember the Sean Payton, Tom Brady stuff. Right. We're, we're idiots. We're the only voices. You two idiots are We're idiots. the only voices. Right. right. We, we pieced it together. We reported it together. And it was crickets, 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 crickets. Ben Volan of the Boston Globe was the only one who was smelling the same air that we were. Right. And then, boom, in August, we're in Canton for the Hall of Fame game. And Stephen Ross gets whacked for tampering with Sean Payton and Tom Brady, and it all comes out then. So, um, so we don't know what's going to happen. No, we don't. With the Cowboys. But, boy, does this put pressure on Mike McCarthy. Boy, does it put pressure on him. Yeah. And I don't know if he's been asked this week about what Jerry Jones says. It's awkward to press conference, talk to a guy who had a 12-5 and season, get ready to go to the playoffs. Who wants to be the jerk in the room that says, hey, you think you may get fired and get replaced by Bill Belichick if you don't win? How do you even articulate a question that doesn't get him to fly off the handle and storm out of the room? Be curious to see if somebody asks him about whether or not he thinks Jerry Jones has a wandering eye as he tries to get what you call the promised land, but we know what Jerry Jones calls (sighs) calls it the glory land <laughs> uh glory land yes um all right so uh i i still am going to be very interested to see 
how this gets presented yeah. to the world when it's official. Will it be a situation where the Patriots say something that Bill Belichick actually agrees with? Or will it be a situation like the Seahawks or the 49ers with Jim Harbaugh where it gets characterized one way by the team and then, and we got to figure out when we're going to do a deeper dive with Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll basically said with the Seahawks logos behind him, Eh, that's not how it went. Yeah. I, nah, I got I pushed it. out. Yeah. They want to call it amicable. No, nah, no, no. It's not mutual. <laughs> I love that he I got, said It was that. eventually mutual because they told me to leave anyway. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, unless I, unless I refuse to go, uh, unless I, you know, try to stage a coup <laughs> and stay in my office, yeah, it's a mutual parting <laughs> in that they told me to leave and I said, okay, I agree that you want me to leave and you have every right to eject me from the premises. So- I, I want to know how Belichick handles this, and will there be a press conference where Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick smile for the cameras and raise their hands together, and they have all six of the trophies there, and you know, or will it just be Bill Belichick's gone and yes. waiting, yes, for the next opportunity? Yes, yes. I don't. There's no way. I just. I don't think that'll happen, right? I think they'll wait to do that when they induct Bill back into the ring of honor next year, the year after, whatever. That's when they'll have their little photo up. But I, I you know, I, I just I don't think Bill's gonna want to answer questions or do any of that as of right now about the situation. Right? I, I, I can imagine maybe there's a little bitterness towards the crafts, you know, which, you know, again, it's just business. I don't think it's it's of course we know they've done great things together, but it's ending a little weird. Right. And then I, we know Bill's not exactly a media darling and want to sit up there and answer his thought process and get all sappy about his career with the New England Patriots. I don't see that happening. I'd be shocked. I think you'll get a statement from them that's very bland. You'll get a statement from Belichick that is very bland. And then we're going to continue to hear, you know, rumors about Belichick as we go later into January here about where he's going to land on his feet and be the, the next head coach. And so you've got. Bill Belichick, who will take a step back and wait and see how things play out. You've got Mike Vrabel, who will take a step back, wait and see how things play out. You've got Pete Carroll, who's looming. you got a lot of different ways this can go. And obviously, we've linked Mike Vrabel to the Patriots, and now both sides are available. I still think they need to tread lightly. I thought about this more yesterday after we talked about it. They just need to be careful that – Amy Adams Strunk, the owner of the Titans, doesn't wake up one day and think she got she got gripped, got played, that she right. got conned, yeah, she got played by by Mike Vrabel and the Patriots, and she's going to make a tampering allegation right. against the Patriots and and force people to say what they knew, when they knew it, who they talked to, when they talked to them, how they talked to them. Turn over your phones, turn over your email accounts, and we're going to do a deep dive into whether or not there was any type of impermissible communication with Mike Vrabel. You just got to be careful how you do it. If you rub it in her face, you run the risk, as any normal human being would, that they're going to say, hey, wait a minute. You know what? We think something fishy went on here, and we're just not going to take it. We're going to do something about it. So they need to be careful. And also from Vrabel's standpoint, I went back and listened carefully to what Adam Schefter said about Mike Tomlin on Sunday and what Jay Glazer said about Mike Tomlin They've raised enough of a cloud that when the season ends, let's see what Mike Tomlin does. Maybe one of these other teams now. There's eight jobs open. One of these other teams calls the Steelers and makes them an offer they can't refuse. Tomlin just quits 
Tomlin walks out the door, and then the Steelers wait for somebody to call and make him an offer that they have no choice but to accept. He's already out. What You're going to get nothing for him, or you're going to get the best offer you get from one of these other teams, whether it's the Commanders, the Chargers, or somebody else. So that that's now part of this. And that's another reason for Vrabel to sit tight. We talked about that yesterday. The perfect spot for him might not be New England. It might be Pittsburgh. So we got eight jobs open. There could be more to come. Yeah. Andy Reid could retire. Right. I posted just before the show, Todd Bowles could be out in Tampa Bay if they lose on Monday night, even though he's won back-to-back division titles. That's a real thing yeah. in Tampa right now. Right. The possibility of Bowles being out. Ira Kaufman, our good friend who's covered the Buccaneers forever, yeah. has been talking about that on his podcast with JoeBucksFan.com. And we know how the Bucks are. They love to chase big names. There's big names out there now. And they kind of got... Backed into a corner with Todd Bowles anyway. The way Bruce Arians handled his resignation, it was too late to really do a search the right way, the normal way. A lot of big names out there. Yeah. Opportunities. Yeah. For no. the Bucks to go out and lasso right. a big name. Even a Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Wouldn't Pete Carroll make a ton of sense in Tampa Bay? Hey, listen, I, I mean, the guys like that make a lot of sense anywhere. I mean, we know they're, they're, they're legends, certainly, you know. It is weird. Again, with Todd Bowles, I would defend him a little bit just to hit on that for a second because you brought it up. I mean, it's two playoff appearances in a row. I know it's not great, but, I mean, gosh, he did it with a guy that was 44 years old last year, okay, a quarterback, and wasn't at his best. And, you know, this year, revamped team. I mean, what, what Mike, what do they got? Over $80 million in dead money, and they still got to the playoffs? I mean, with a quarterback that nobody wanted and thought wasn't any good anymore? Uh, man, that, that, that's brutal, but I know I hear the rumors out there too, certainly, but I think you're right. I mean, you're, you're spot on in the fact that it's just, this isn't over yet. We don't know. I mean, it, it kind of seems like one of those crazy years and yeah, you're right. I mean, whether Dallas opens up a team like Tampa Bay, is there going to be somebody else that we don't feel, you know, is on our radar right now? I don't think so. I mean, you mentioned Pittsburgh and Kansas City. If that happens and Andy Reid and the retirement rumors are true, yeah, those are definitely going to be major players and will shake up, you know, how this all works out because of, you know, like you're saying, you know, teams that, whoa, if the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Steelers, I mean, there's a reason they're in the playoffs. They're going to be very appealing to the coaches who are like, wait, I'd like to hit the ground running and have a team underneath me right now. I don't want to go through the whole rebuilding process, which is most likely going to be the, the, the coaches that are, you know, Vrabel, Belichick, been there, done that, and they've already been like, we've done enough rebuilding in our life. We'd like to hit, you know, have a team here that's kind of ready to go. They're, they're going to be, you know, uh, uh, you know what do I want to say? Uh, the, the beauty of the eye of the beholder there uh, as far as the those teams. The ball. Yeah, exactly. That's what the I was looking ball. for. Nice one. There it was. Yeah. Bees. You were right. I just – see, here's the problem. Seven years, I kind of know You know where I'm thinking. going, right? Like, I know you do. I know. I know. <laughs> and I'm at the point – and I'm at the point where – not only do I know what you want to say, right. I also know what you're going to say instead. That's the scary part. You know how I'm going to butcher it. I knew it. it was going beauty in the eye of the beholder because that's one of your greatest hits or it's becoming one of them. So, look, we've got eight openings in the NFL. That's 25% of the league if my math is correct, and it rarely is. We could have more than a third of the league with coaching vacancies. It's not going to take many more. There's 32 teams. Yeah. If the Bucks come open, if the Steelers come open, if the Chiefs come open, there's 11. And that's not even counting the Cowboys. That would be 12. This is chaos. I think 
we're too caught up in the day-to-day drip, drip, drip of the news to really take a step back and understand it. But, folks, we need to understand what's happening now is freaking historic for the National Football League. Yes, it is. This many jobs, this many names, this many big names spinning parts as we're trying to figure out and they're trying to figure out how's this all going to fit together where is this all going to wrap up how is the dust going to settle on this where's belichick going to go where's Vrabel going to go where's carol going to go who else is going to be gone it it adds a lot of drama to the playoffs and it raises the stakes for the cowboys on sunday against the packers it raises the stakes on monday night look we talked about this earlier in the week there's you know, the Eagles are a crap show right now. I, and a I, lot of it comes right back to Nick Sirianni, who I, took him to the Super Bowl last year. I hear you. You want to upgrade? This is your chance to upgrade. I, I, I mean, listen, I know. I mean, there's a lot of people that I get asked all the time, is Nick Sirianni in trouble? Uh, and I'm just like, wow. I mean, I just can't believe we're there. I know it's been a bad year, right? But gosh, did, 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 did the, the tune totally change after six months, uh, six weeks to like an, an incredible level? Yeah. I mean, I've never seen it go like, Wow, we almost won the Super Bowl. Whoa, they're unbelievable. They're ten and one. They win every close game in the world. It's incredible what they're doing there in Philadelphia too. We're at the end of the season, and people constantly ask me, "Is Nick Sirianni's job safe?" Right? I think it should be definitely. I know there's been mistakes there. We've talked about some of those issues are not his fault, but I hear you, and I don't put anything past anybody in this current age of of where we are. In the NFL, business, whatever, it's worldwide. It's just cutthroat. So, yeah, we'll see. And, you know, maybe this is, you know, Cowboys, Chiefs, you know, Steelers, those. Maybe we're going to see, you know, some slow, a slow-moving hiring cycle because of some of these power players, Pete Carroll, Belichick, Vrabel. They're going to take their time maybe to kind of wait and see what shakes out here to see what's available so they can set themselves up you know, for the best possible situation there. Uh, but as it stands right now, yeah, this is unbelievably fascinating. It really is. The legends of the sport, basically free agents as coaches, and we don't know where it's going to go, all these openings. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun over the next five or six weeks kind of unpacking all this. Well, and it's going to be hectic. It's going to be active, and there's going to be a lot that, that isn't immediately apparent because I think everyone – is going to, well, they have to conduct an appropriate search. And, you know, a lot of times when a team goes into the process of looking for a new coach, before they even fire the coach they have, they know who they want. And I know that defies the spirit, if not the letter of the Rooney rule, but that's how it goes. You don't let the bird in the hand go unless you have settled on the the two in the bush that you're going to try to go get. Yeah. This year, this year, any preconceived notions go out the window because all these names you didn't expect and you kind of expected Belichick. We didn't expect Pete Carroll. We didn't expect Mike Vrabel. We didn't expect Nick Saban. Not that he would go to the NFL, but maybe he would. Do Who you knows? think Pete maybe Carroll enough of all this is NIL actively crap. look for like, right, right? Like, do you, do you think Pete Carroll's going to actively look for a new job? Right. That, that to me is one of the, you know, things about this whole situation too. Is he going to kind of stand pat and go, okay, I competed. I wanted to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. I'll help out here. Is he going to go, wait, I still got a lot of competitive fire left in me. I'm, I'm open for another job. You know, that, that I don't know. I got no inside info there. This all happened so fast. I haven't talked to enough people that know or have a feel for Pete or anything. So I, I got no feel for that situation either. 
I got the idea based upon the clip we played at the top of the show yeah. that Pete Carroll isn't ready to walk away. Pete Carroll loves football. Pete Carroll loves coaching football. Football has been his life. He's been coaching forever, just like Bill Belichick. Yeah. People, people, you know, speak in hushed tones about how long Bill Belichick's been coaching. Well, Pete Carroll's been doing it, too, yeah. for a pretty long time. It's a way of life. And it becomes who you are. Yes. It becomes who you are. Exactly. It, you can't imagine your life without it. Right. And they all know what happened to Bear Bryant when he retired. They know what happened to Joe Paterno when he retired. You don't live much longer when that is your, your primary source of identity value, contribution, everything that you give, everything that you have, when that gets disconnected, that is a dramatic change to your life. And when it happens at an advanced age, you know, it, you go through some philosophical stuff. What, what, what else do I have to do? Now, yeah. Bud Grant, you know, he retired in 1985 for the second time and lived until last March, but I never got the feeling that he had his identity caught up in being a coach the way some of these others do. Yeah, I hear you. I think Bud Grant was other stuff first and then a coach. One of the reasons why he was able to walk away from it at a relatively young age. But these other guys, it's who they are. So let's back up to the Seahawks. We've talked about Bill Belichick. We may have more news as the show unfolds. The latest thing that I saw came from Mike Reese that it's going to be official today. So later today we'll know whether or not there's going to be a friendly parting or it's going to be grumble, grumble, middle finger, and off Bill Belichick goes. So back to the Seahawks, they tried, as we said earlier, to yeah. make it look like it was going to be amicable. Here's the statement that was issued yesterday by the Seattle Seahawks after thoughtful meetings and careful consideration. For the best interest of the franchise, we have amicably agreed with Pete Carroll that his role will evolve from head coach to remain with the organization <laughs> as an advisor. Pete is the winningest head coach in Seahawks history, brought the city its first Super Bowl title, created a tremendous impact over the past 14 years on the field and the community, et cetera, et cetera. That first paragraph, though, that created an impression that Pete Carroll refuted from the podium at the team facility. And here's here's Carroll from Sunday postgame when he was asked whether he wants to return, followed by yesterday, his elaboration on what changed between what he said after the season-ending win over the Cardinals and Wednesday when there was an amicable mutual agreement that he was going to pack his stuff and go. Uh, yeah, I, of course, of course I, do, I do. Of course I'd love to do that. I do. I do. I, at this point, I do. Yeah. Since our, uh, our last game... Um, I had a couple chances to uh, to talk, and, and uh, first I shared um, my feelings about uh, about our team and uh, about the organization and representing the twelves and my intentions of staying with the Hawks, man. And that um, that was uh, true to the bone. And uh, I want to make sure that that's that's clear. Following our season-ending meetings uh, with ownership um, in the planning sessions, it's clear that. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, um, we, we have mutually agreed uh, to set a new course and uh, for the club um, to, to take on new leadership. And uh, that's just a decision that's been made, and, and uh, uh, there's a lot that went into that and a lot that went behind that. And uh, uh, for all my guys, I, I think you know how, how much I probably competed uh, for our perspective and, and our standpoint and, and, and all of that. I freaking didn't back off for an instant. Well, I, I competed pretty hard to be the coach. 
um, just so you know, because I, I just wanted to make sure that I stood up for all of our coaches and the players and the things that we had accomplished, and not not so that we could be the coach still, but so that we could continue to have a chance to be successful and keep the organization going. That's what I was fighting for. This isn't about me being the head coach. That is, it's about this organization being successful and being uh, on course for the long haul of it as well. And I realize that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm about as old as you can get in this business, and there's there's coming a time. They got to make some decisions, and so um, moving towards the future, um, if, if there's some way that uh, I can add something to them down the road, we'll see what happens. But um, this is a good move for for them, and, and Johnny's going to take this thing, take the bull by the horns, and, and roll. And uh, I, I, I'm so I'm so thankful that I get to see him have take that next step, and and uh, and watch what he does with it. he's going to kick butt. Coach, can you be more specific about that decision? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, what was no. Was there a disagreement? No. <laughs> I can't. I'm not going to. Yeah, look, it's clear. It's clear that he didn't want this. It's clear that, that it wasn't mutual. It was only mutual in the sense that once he's told he's going to leave, there's a mutual agreement that he will. Because what else can you do at that point? You don't own the team. Jody Allen does. When... Any boss, any owner, any executive who's higher than you on the on the organizational chart says it's time for you to go. It's ultimately a mutual parting because you're not going to be like George Costanza at play now and stay in your office until they physically remove you. <laughs> so he wanted to stay. It's clear he wanted to stay. Yeah. And so good luck. Good luck trying to fashion a narrative. We, we saw it with Jim Harbaugh when they said right after the last game of the 2014 season, mutual parting. He said, they fired me. And and that's what Pete Carroll said in a lot more words with a little more nuance. But when he says, I competed to be the head coach of the team, well, it doesn't mean they had a tug of war or an obstacle course or, you know, a game of horse over it. He went into those meetings fighting to stay. And he disagreed with the idea that they wanted him to go. He argued with them. He fought it out. And there's a story to be told here at some point as to how he lost his juice because he was the king. Yeah. He was the king. And every once in a while, you'd, you'd see reports about how there's no one to check him. You know, his sons used to be there. And and I think it was kind of not great when that happened. And they kind of ran the show however they wanted. But somebody at Vulcan, that's the company that holds all of the Paul Allen interests as Jody Allen sells off his estate very, very slowly. Somebody at Vulcan must have decided, we got to get to Jody and we got we got we got to make some changes with this football team. Yeah, we got we got to make. Yeah. And he got he got he got usurped by somebody. And I'd love to know that story. And it's funny because you know he mentioned Johnny. That's John Schneider, the GM, who was hired to basically work for Pete Carroll. Yeah. The end right. result of this is Schneider's not leaving. Yeah. Schneider's going to pick the next coach. Right. Well, I, Schneider, you know, but I think by those comments right there, there's no ill will, right? I don't think Pete Carroll was making those comments like. Schneider's not the one of the kind of guys I think would work the back channel to be like, hey, fire him, not me, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think he'd be like that. Knowing their relationship, knowing John Schneider. I mean, again, I know everybody's out for themselves to a degree, but even with Pete's ca- comments there, I think they show you that, you know, Schneider's had his back from the get-go and will oh. till the very end. I think that that's one thing. You know, Pete Carroll, what? Hang what, on. Well, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. well, because we got another clip. You say that Carol, that, that Schneider's had Carol's back. Yeah. We know what happens 
people go from having their back to, you know, sure. sticking a knife into their back sure. when they get the chance. Right. Let's listen to a little bit more from Pete Carroll okay. before we come to any conclusions as to whether or not there's any friction between him and the guy who was hired to help Pete Carroll find the right players. And he did in John Schneider. Here's Carroll when asked specifically, what will be your role with the team going forward? We're going to figure that out. We don't really know right now. Um, but um, I'm grateful for the, the intention that, you know, that the organization has, you know, to try to find something uh, that, that makes sense. Um, you know, so we'll see. How excited are you just to see what John does with this? Oh, no, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's why this happened. You want to know? Because I want him to have this chance. It's been 14 years he's been sitting there waiting for his opportunity, and he deserves it. And he's great at what he does. And, and now he's now he's going to find out. Hopefully, I find out, big fella. But uh, <laughs> but um, and he he deserves this moment. And uh, and I was cheerleading for him. And if there's nothing else that w- was part of this factor, that was the biggest factor f- from my point. Do you plan on having any input in your successors? Um, no, I have support to. To John, I'm supporting John. The Bears have won. You guys have got in again. Do you think you'd be in this position? Not today. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I had already seen those clips, so that's what led me to say what I said. Okay, (laughs) so I I didn't mean. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I I jumped the shark a little bit. I didn't know if we were going to get to them, right? So that's why I was saying that. I was part of my. I was saying what I was saying. Uh, so sorry. I just Go wonder. Ahead. I yeah. just wonder whether there's a little, a little passive aggressive there. Whether there's a little, you know, he's going to find out now. You know, like, did the call come from inside the house? Was this an effort to unbundle Pete Carroll and John Schneider and let John Schneider take over the football operation? Kind of feels like that to me. Well, yeah, I don't I know. Think Am I so. reading too much into it? No, I think I, 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 I think so to a degree, but I don't think it's something where like John Schneider was politicking to try to make this happen and working. It doesn't have that feel. I think Pete Carroll would have been a little more snarky with that conversation that we saw right there. Let alone, I think if it was really kind of bitter and all of that, he wouldn't even think about coming back to help the organization out in some fashion, form, or whatever. It feels. I got the feeling from watching it, you know, last night a little bit that, yeah, the, the things ended between those two on a happy note. And everything I've known, they've been in, been in it together and buddy buddy throughout. So that that's that would be my take. I could be wrong, certainly. I mean, again, those two have done great things. Pete Carroll, as I said off the start, I mean, legend, legend, Super Bowl and national championships, right? I mean, what he did at Seattle, we can't, like, undervalue that. Clearly the greatest coach in the history of the Seattle Seahawks organization. In fact, changed the organization around almost like we've seen great franchise quarterbacks change a franchise around, where we've kind of gone, eh, they're not that cool, I don't know, whatever, and he made them cool, and they changed their uniforms, and it was like, man, they're amazing. And then, of course, the, the energy, the style of play, having the guts to bench a veteran that they paid money to put in Russell Wilson. Very Bill Belichick, Tom Brady-like in that way. Hey, mid-round, later-round guy. Hey, run my organization. I see something in you. The Legion of Boom, a defense that was like uh, you know, ahead of its time where football was like, wait, I don't know what the hell this is and what they're doing. I can't figure it out, right? So special, special, like, tenure he had there there's no doubt about that 
But at the same time, Mike, I could see why they make the move just to add that on there. I certainly can. You know, I you know, I, I don't look at Seattle and go, whoa, this is crazy. It's just stupid. It's a 72-year-old guy, right? He talked about they're looking at the long haul. That's what they're looking at, the vision there. They've missed the playoffs two out of three years. They look like they're going to be in the market for a quarterback here, maybe a young one. So maybe they want a blank canvas to kind of go, hey, the shelf life of this team, Jamal Adams, year later, Bobby Wagner is coming to the end. Quandre Diggs isn't the same, right? I think it's coming to an end a little bit. So maybe they're looking at it like, let's give a a blank canvas to the next head coach and and see where we can go from there. Now, one thought about Pete Carroll measuring his words, because I just pick up there's a little there like he's going to find out. Like I, He's not going to fight with the guy publicly. One of the things that we need to understand about coaches who are relieved of their duties with time left on their contracts, there are clauses in those contracts that prevent you from saying anything disparaging about the team or any of its employees if you want to get that money. So, you know, it isn't until that last dollar is spent that a lot of times you start hearing the truth about what happened, yeah. whether through on-the-record comments or, or Sunday splash reports. But, you know, people have asked me, well, you know, when, when are we going to hear what really happened in Carolina with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud? And the answer is after the buyouts expire for Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer and Josh McCown and everybody else who doesn't want to screw up their money by talking, creating a digital trail of – talking to reporters about this out of the other thing. So th- there's a reason for Pete Carroll to, to not go all in and vent and complain. And it's a bad look too, if he does that. I mean, there's a point where any favorable public opinion in his direction would go South. If he came off as a grumpy complaining old man standing up there, when he always paints a picture of a guy who's energetic, he's ready to go. He's positive. It's not his way to be negative. He's always positive. So, Here's the thing I'm positive about after what happened yesterday. That team isn't going to be sold anytime soon. Yeah, I thought I they you. would just stick with the status quo until they sell the team to Jeff Bezos or whoever. The team is going to be sold at some point. It's one of the requirements of the Paul Allen estate plan. But there isn't a specific time by which Jody Allen has to do it. And because the money is going to charitable endeavors – it's not like there's anyone pounding the table saying, sell the team, I want my money. Sell the team, I want my money. So she's in a great spot here. And she seems to enjoy operating and owning the Seattle Seahawks. And, and oh, by the way, the longer she holds it, the value is just going to keep going up and up <laughs> right, and up. Right. Whoever's getting that money is going to get a hell of a lot more of it five years from now than they would get right now. So this is a great situation to be in. And firing Pete Carroll or whatever they call it, and whatever he calls it, and moving forward, John Schneider hiring the replacement, that tells me that that she's not selling anytime soon because good luck hiring a coach who's going to get Ron rivera because it happened to him in Carolina. It happened to him in Washington. You're going along, you're going along, you're going along. Oh, new owner? Well, just a matter of time before new owner hires his or her own coach. And, and so... I think, you know, if you're a Seahawks fan and you've been worrying about the turmoil, the upheaval, the uncertainty of a new owner, I feel like that is pushed even farther into the future with yesterday's development. Yeah, I, I, definitely. I, I mean, I saw you wrote that article. I, you know, again, I'm, I'm so football sometimes. Some of those things aren't on my radar to the same way or, or the way they are in, in your capacity. I mean, you're all over that stuff. 
But yeah, I would think by these type of moves and where we're at, I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything like that's in the in the near future. Uh, and and listen, Jody Allen, you know, I don't I don't know what the all the details of are that arrangement too. But damn, I know NFL NFL organizations are are cash cows right now. I mean, they're all pocketing over four hundred million a year right now. When it's all said and done, bills all paid, all of that. So. You know, I don't know where that money's going. I didn't go into charity, I don't think. But uh, for right now, it seems like, hey, John Schneider's going to run the ship, and it doesn't seem like anything's changing there in Seattle anytime soon other than, you know, a new head coach and a new look for what we see on the football field and, and the organization. And apart from the profit that is being generated each and every year, even if you're trying not to make money, you're still making money with that giant check that you get your share of the national TV revenue – the value keeps going up yeah, and up right. and up. Last year, 2022, Broncos, $4.65 billion. A year later, Commanders, $6.05 billion. What would the Seahawks get this year? Eight? Right? Somebody told me five years ago the basic average value of the you know, normal middle-of-the-pack NFL team is going to be 8 to $10 billion before too long, and we may already be there. The question is getting enough people who can afford it. But, you know, remember when there was all the speculation about Jeff Bezos trying to buy the commanders? It dawned on me at some point, if you're going to eventually buy a team, why are you going to buy a team that you got to spend all this time and effort, you know, getting rid of the crappy stadium, rebuilding and undoing all the damage that was done by Dan Snyder? You know, is, is, do they have the right name? Do we need to change to a different name? Like, the hell with that. I'll buy a team that doesn't have any of those issues. It has a loyal, engaged fan base that loves the team that supports the team, got a stadium that isn't brand new, but it's new enough, got a great tradition, great culture, great city, all that, you know. So if I'm going to plunk down multiple billions for an NFL team, I'll just wait for the Seahawks because we know at some point they're going to be available. Now, when, again, today, yesterday, we look at it, we say, it's probably going to be a while now. It's probably going to be a while. And it'll probably be $10 billion. By the time the over-under for the price of the Seahawks when it's finally sold is $10 billion, and I'm going to take the over. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll hold you to that, uh, guys. Make sure we recorded that nope, and we can alive. play that. Uh, nope, yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. But crazy. And, and the Texans crazy. definitely will make the playoffs. The Texans definitely will make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> so um, how attractive of a job is this? It, if if you're you know you're gonna you're gonna be working for John Schneider apparently yeah, it's not yeah. like they're throwing him overboard and just right. throwing Bill Belichick or anyone else the keys right but how attractive is this job uh, it, it's I I want to say it's you know, the things you just laid out right the city the fan base the stadium the facilities all of that that it's like you just said it's it's top notch so like a coach is gonna love to go there and be a part of that environment. Right, they love their Seahawks. They love their their football. The home of the twelfth man, right in the NFL, at least that version of it. Uh, so that's where it's great. Now the team itself, yeah, I think is in a little bit of a limbo state. Right, it's an offensive line that's not very good. There are some young guys there that you know it look like they have some potential to grow into something. Right, the wide receivers, you got DK Metcalf and Lockett. Metcalf certainly has a bunch of years left in front of him. Lockett's kind of like maybe, you know, at the plateau part of his career, right? I don't think it's going to continue to go up, but might stay where it's kind of been here for a few more years before it falls down. Defensive line, some good, but no marquee players there. 
That's been an issue for them the last few years. They have not been able to kind of hit on draft or free agent difference-making defense alignment, right? We talked about the Jamal Adams thing. That's over. We know that. You know, safety Quandre Diggs did not have a very good year. We'll see where that goes. They got two studs at corner. So they're kind of a team that I would say is like middle of the pack as far as, you know, work to be done to fix your football team. It's not like it needs a total rehaul, but there's some certain positions that certainly need some upgrading and, and some finishing touches on. And, of course, then you drop, add in the quarterback conversation and that we got Geno Smith and Drew Locke and nothing really that our fan base is going to get behind and go, ooh, look at the future, that's bright. I think that's probably the biggest thing that you know is a detractor or, or, or the question mark about where they're going in the future. Well, and who the coach is going to be yeah. really will influence a lot of those decisions. Definitely. The Geno Smith contract can be ripped up at any time. Mm-hmm. And, again, how much power John Schneider has – Number one, the specific limits of that authority currently unknown. But, you know, if he's telling prospective coaches, Gino's the guy, we're sticking with Gino, that that may cause certain coaches to not be interested. And it it makes the search go in a certain direction where it's not going to be an established coach. It's going to be a rising coordinator. And one of the things that scouts do they scout players and they scout coaches and every gm once the gm gets that job has a list that has been carefully compiled over the years of the coaches that person would want to hire and now that john schneider after all these years of a highly respected executive who's been basically riding the sidecar next to pete carroll doing a great job helping pete carroll but it's been pete carroll's show yeah now this John Schneider show, he knows. He knows. You know, do I bring back Dave Canales, who was the quarterback's coach with Geno and is the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers? Do I bring him back to be the head coach? So we always see teams do the exact opposite of who they just had as a coach. So you look at older, tenured, longtime head coach who arrived with a lot of head coaching experience. Maybe this time they pivot back to – Someone that John Schneider has a pretty damn good idea is ready to step up and be a head coach, even if he's never been a head coach before. We know the risk of that, though. You don't know whether or not that person's ready to step up until they do, but that could be what happens because it's the exact opposite of what Pete Carroll was. But I hear you. They've got money to burn. Yeah, right. They, they, can, they can attract anyone they want. The question is, who do they want? This isn't as much who wants them as much as who do they want. Yeah, time will tell. We'll see. You know, there, there's a lot of moving parts here, and it'll be interesting to see you know, what John Schneider prioritizes, right? He's had Pete Carroll, and, of course, that's been the boss, and it's been all about the defense. And, listen, that, that's probably part of the reason we are here too, right? One of the things I haven't hit on with my points here is just, hey, too, Pete Carroll's a defensive head coach, and their defense has stunk the last few years. I don't think that's helped his case either. You know, so the, the defensive coaching staff, I would imagine that's going to be revamped and totally new. 
I don't imagine them keeping that crew there with the way they've played on that side of the ball here as of late. Uh, but, yeah, I hear you. I'm going to be interested to see where it goes to. Does John Schneider want something totally fresh and new and get outside of all the coaches that we've had here? We need a new look and a new vibe, and I don't want anybody that's been here in the past and part of Pete Carroll. Or does he kind of try to stay, like you're saying, kind of along those lines of guys that maybe have been there? Or you know, does he go the defensive coach route and try to stay with a similar formula that, that created the Legion of Boom and got them to the promised land the first time around? We'll see where where it goes uh yeah it could go a lot of different ways here all these openings all these coaches uh I, it, it is crazy I mean we're gonna have a lot to talk about uh, leading up into the Super Bowl till after the Super Bowl well and and that's the other side of it too it's impossible to prioritize your potential candidates that you're gonna hire when there may be other current coaches who get thrust into the mix I'd have to go track the common biographies of John Schneider and Mike McCarthy. I assume they were both together in Green Bay at some yeah, point. Yeah, I believe they were. Yeah. Well, if my, what if Mike McCarthy becomes available? I don't know anything about the Schneider-McCarthy relationship. Sometimes I mean, we just assume that because guys work together in the past, they're always going to want to work together in the future. Sometimes they want nothing to do with each other yeah, in the right. future. But there's other, there's other shoes to fall before we truly know the full universe of the potential candidates to be coaches at, at all these openings. So Definitely. one last note before we take a break. Yeah. The Patriots have announced that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick will address the media at noon today. Wow. Streaming live on Patriots.com and Patriots social platforms. I'm shocked. So, so, so they either are going to hug it out, shake hands, show off the trophies, declare victory in part ways, or, or Belichick's going to decide, hey, you know what, I'm not going along with this. You thought I was going along with it. I did too. Nah, nah, I'm going to tell you what I really think. So either way, must-see TV on Patriots.com and all Patriot social platforms, presumably on NFL Network as well, noon Eastern today, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. I know what I'll be doing then. I'll be watching and we'll be posting and analyzing any and all things that are said and not said. Is Nick Saban having a conference today too? I mean, are we really going to have like the greatest college coach and the greatest NFL coach on the same day have a conference about, you know, them leaving? I just, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. I just can't believe it's all came to this at this point with these names and who, and what's going on. It's, It's just, it's, it's crazy. It really is. Well, let's take a break. When we return, we'll pivot to the Nick Saban news. Even though it's not NFL specifically, he does have an NFL history. And will he have an NFL future? At this point, I don't know what to think. We'll break that down when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... 
Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.